in, everybody. How are you this evening? It has been a while. Andy Campbell here with Sean Fitzgerald, the two of us, co-hosting Ringcast Live uh, for all you Chicago Blackhawk fans out there. Um, early April, Hawks are falling apart or have fallen apart. Uh, what could could have been a fun podcast uh, talking about playoffs and matchups and things like that. Here we are again. Johnny, with another year of talking about how dismal our Chicago Blackhawks are. And um, how are you today, buddy? I'm good. I'm good. Um, I The Blackhawks are dismal. I will give you that. But there, I think there is some hope on the horizon. I like it. I, I, I have some hope for the future. Um, I, I'm – and I, we can get into this, but, uh, but I'm curious to see what Kyle Davidson will do with his first draft. I, I have some optimism, hopefully – the moves he made uh, trading Brandon Hagel for the two first round picks. Like we talked about, I just think he's, he's done some things that gives me hope. So. Excellent. Love the optimism. Love love the optimism. Uh, So before we get going here, a quick shout out to our sponsors. Uh, If you see down below puck hockey, P U C K H C K Y.com all in caps. If you use the rink all in caps, discount code gets you 10% off a t-shirt. And if you spend a hundred bucks, you're going to get a lot of you're going to get another free t-shirt which is cool um anyway they got some good swag on there um so check it out good stuff uh just the two of us tonight we're really excited to have you here though and to talk about the blackhawks and um first of all shawnee before we get going the hat sean we always talk about the hat game that's a hat that has become an instant classic to cub fans but talk about it you finally got one man love it I- Finally got a City Series uh, Wrigleyville Cubs hat with the blue, the blue, light blue brim, the blue hat itself, the white C and the red star for the Chicago flag in the center. I will be donning this hat tomorrow at the friendly confines, probably with a winter hat over it eventually. But oh. uh, I am going to opening day tomorrow at Wrigley Field. So not as cool as where you're going. Uh, yep. Frozen four in Boston. I got my Michigan hat. I'm all ready to go. My father's in town taking my son. Go blue. Uh, playing a strong Denver team and that Minnesota team, I think, or I'm sorry, that Michigan team. Uh, a lot of the guys you're going to see, you're going to see in the NHL for a long time. So it'll be getting a, a nice first glimpse of that. Um, well, to the Blackhawks and uh, to where they are right now, the first thing I want to talk about, we want to talk about is Marion Hosa. Big night. For the big hoss, he's going to retire a Blackhawk. He has uh, committed. He's going to. They're going to make it public. They're going to have him sign a contract there. They're going to do a big heritage night for him. Probably something long overdue. Uh, I don't know if any of you were watching the game where Jonathan Taves a few games ago uh, got his stick in recognition of his a thousandth game with the Blackhawks, but the ovation for Marion Hosa when he walked out there. Um, and to see him and uh, and back in the building and what he meant to this club. Johnny, how does this make you feel? I got goosebumps, like just what you were saying. Like when the Tave ceremony was going on and Hosa got the biggest ovation, that was really cool for me to see too. And the look on Taves' face that Hosa was there. Um, Marion Hosa is just – he. I think Blackhawks fans don't understand. Maybe we don't, we hadn't comprehended it at the time, but now that he's gone and everything, like he was just such a great player, such a great two-way player, which is, which is Marion Hosa in itself. He was a great scorer on his career. And then he changed his game to become a great two-way player. 
one of my favorite Marion Hosa things, just when always he did, he'd skate with one hand on a stick and have his other hand literally shielding yep. the defenseman off. He was that strong. Um, yep. The last Hawks jersey I bought, the last Reebok Hawks jersey I bought was a Marion Hosa jersey. Right. Because I had to have one. So, yeah. 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 It, I, I, yeah. I, I mean, I it, it's hard. I mean, what a flawless career. And I, I almost want to know what he's a perfect person in life. But as far as character people and, and people you want to be around in class acts, Marion Hosa is right at the top of the list as far as athletes are concerned. Um, you know, and this is also a guy, you know, I mean, he came in the league highly touted. You know, he was a 12th overall pick, the 1997 entry draft. Um, you know, it's also he needed to bounce back from some very unfortunate circumstances, one of which was uh, it was his inadvertent high stick that caught Brian Burrard um, in the in 2000, I believe, that rendered Brian Burrard legally blind in one eye and changed the trajectory of Brian Burrard's career. And I remember Hosa being very affected by that and, uh, you know, and, and his play moving forward. And I know that the rest of his season that season, wasn't his best. And then when he got out of Ottawa, when he went on to the Atlanta Thrashers, that's when he had a hundred point season. Then he was at Pittsburgh and he signed that one year deal with Detroit, just missed the cup. Everyone thought, Oh, he's just going to sign with Detroit. And, you know, I, I remember when he signed with Detroit and people were like, he signed for one year, 7 million or something of that fabric. And everyone's like, Oh my God, what is his agent thinking? He was cup hunting. Yeah. Cup, he was cup hunting. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe you could say he was cup hunting, but then he did something special. And Shawnee, you've said his contract with the Chicago Blackhawks, um, the greatest move of all time by any Chicago sports franchise. What do you say? I, I think it has to be. Um, yeah. It, it just because he he was the missing piece. You think about it. The season before the Blackhawks went to the Western Conference Finals, they lost four games to one to the Detroit Red Wings. They bring in a veteran two-way forward who not only can he play on your top line, he played on the power play, played on the PK. Like he was such a leader for that team down the stretch. And I think like he delivered, he helped them win the three Stanley cups by far. The one of the great, the best things about the uh, lockout shortened year in 2012, 13 was that Marion Hosa was able to heal up because he had the shoulder surgery that year and came back and he overcame the, the blatant Rafi Torres, like, trying to kill him check like they when Marion Hosa retired due to his skin condition like it was a dark day in Chicago just because he was so valuable to that team he did so much for them and I know he's he was never going to win the Selkie trophy um he was never that highly regarded the highest he ever finished in his career was uh fifth but still like great two-way yeah, that, player that drives me crazy. Sorry to interrupt you, but I no, somewhere along good. the line, somewhere along the line, faceoff percentage became this ultimate Selkie criteria. Yeah, and so basically, the Selkie award is for a center right now, and that's it. Yeah, and if it was for a winger, I mean the 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 last I believe the last Selkie winner that was not a center is Yuri Lettinen in like you... two thousand three or something. Oh yeah, um, yeah. and so it's uh, it... to your point, Johnny, and I'm sorry I cut you off as I no, always do good. very well. Um, <laughs> you're, you're totally good. One of the best defensive players of his of his generation of his era, and he got no credit for it really. 
Um, and the fact that he transformed his game, like you said, he was a hundred point scorer. He only focused on scoring. He transformed his game to be a complete two way player, yeah. which was awesome. Yeah. I mean, I, when he shut it down following the 2007 season, sorry, 2017 season, that was the season that the Hawks were the best in the West. Yep. They were swept by Nashville in four games and everyone said, okay, well, they'll be back. You know, and this is Stan Bowman got out there. This is unacceptable. Yada, yada, yada. The Hawks will be back. And then Hosa retires and the team has never been the same. Nope. Ever. Ever. And everyone hey. looked at, you know, the most, most important players of, you know, the cup teams and they all want to go Keith, Taves, Kane. Hosa is right in that conversation. Um, if not even ahead. You know, I mean, I there were there. You could say he was more important in those latter years than, well, I don't know. Actually, that's tough <laughs> than any of those than those top three. But you know, first ballot Hall of Famer as he's been inducted into the Hall of Fame just did, which is great. And um, miss him, miss him terribly. Yeah, yeah I, I miss him terribly. Like um, I had gone to my first game in a couple of years. And I thought about what wearing what jersey and the last several games I'd worn a Marion House. Uh, I decided not to wear it because I figured now that it's retired, I definitely will wear it the next time I go. Just because yeah. you, you can't not you can't go wrong with with uh, Marion Hosa. Yeah, and and he's yeah. just yeah, he was like you said, like he was so vital to that core. He he mm -hmm. like solidified the core. I think like. Like Rocky Wirtz at the time said that he was his favorite player, like the best free agent signing. They gave him that huge contract, which if he didn't have that skin condition, he probably would have played out its entire contract. Played out the whole he deal. In, he left. He left at his peak. Yeah, he was Not in that peak. great a shape. He was like a yeah. robot. They said he was. Some guys even said like he was like a robot. He was just that in shape, that in tune. Yes. Yeah. Uh, he said the funny moment. I think it was after the third twelve thirteen cup where he said. Don't tell my wife uh, I haven't slept in 24 hours or something because they've been out partying so much. And his wife was still overseas; she hadn't come over, come over yeah. yet. I mean, he was—he's a 26, 26 goal guy in his final season. Yeah, twenty-six you know, and nineteen. Was, yeah, and I mean, it was one of those he would—he could play on any line. He can play with anybody. In two thousand fifteen, um, in that Cup run, that line of Jonathan Taves, Brandon Saad, and Marion Hosa was the best in hockey. Yeah. It was, it was best in hockey. I mean, it was it was unbelievable, and that was the line that probably made the difference uh, against the Lightning because Hedman was owning Patrick Kane, yeah, uh, that entire series. So, um, well, hats off to Hose, and and so glad that the Hawks are doing this. Um, you know, like I said, or I've said before, not a huge fan of these Heritage Nights or the final lap or the final skate or whatever they call it. Yeah, but anytime they do anything for Hose, uh, I'm up for it. Uh, anytime he's he's uh, in the building, um, I think a couple of years ago they had him signing autographs at Rockford, and I think it was like like there was standing room only seats being bought just to get a glimpse of him. So like, yeah, he, the city, the, the the organization, the city, and everybody who followed the Blackhawks knows what he meant to him, and yeah. I think he's just he he's I'm waiting now that he's officially retired hopefully they'll get around to start whether they put a banner up that says the core 
and they put all their names on there or they retire his number they retire their numbers or something they've got to they've got to make that right and put it up in the rafters whether yeah. he's on a banner that says the core and it's got Keith Kane C right. um Crawford and him on there yeah so I'd love to I'd love to see 81 in the rafters big time yeah that'd be a, and, that'd be a good one to the gatekeeper, Jeff Osborne, co-founder of The Rink, who just wrote in, long live the host. Amen, brother. Yeah. Amen. Long live the host forever. He's the real deal. And awesome um, the I don't know. I mean, yeah, we, we might not see another of his fabric uh, with the combination of hockey character. Just just a great guy. Yeah. Um, he lived he lived in the building adjacent to my parents. And uh, my uncle was in Chicago and, and he was trying to get in my parents' garage and ahead of him in a car was, was Marion Hosa and he had no idea. And the, the car kind of stopped and I'm sorry, Hosa was behind him and he couldn't get in the garage. He's like, Oh my God, there's a resident here. He's panicking. Uh-huh. Big Hawk jumps out of the car, walks around the car and goes, I'll, I'll let you in. You're a good buddy. And my uncle's, oh. ah, you know, as awesome. starstruck as anyone could be. So, that's really, really cool. Uh, yeah. And um, so anyway, uh, Hey, hats off host. Great stuff. Excellent job, the man. And um, so now let's move on. Let's move on to Jonathan Taves. We're kind of, it's Shawnee and I tonight. We won't keep you folks too long, but we have a couple couple topics and a couple scenarios with the golden smoothies. And then we do want to touch base maybe on a little bit of a prospect watcher. You know, Lucas Reichel has been called back up. We'll see how that goes. Um, but at any rate, um, Jonathan Taves. So Jonathan Taves uh, has now played 1,001. NHL hockey games. Uh, what an honor. He's done it all with one team. Um, you know, I think that says something. Captain as a 20-year-old. Um, staple of the core. Um, you know, and I remember, you know, there were there were times in 2013 to 2014 where, you know, analysts and hockey experts were saying, if you were going to start a team with one guy, Jonathan Taves was often picked as the first one you want to. Um, Canada, Sidney Crosby, yeah. when they uh, they had they asked Taves if they could make Sidney Crosby the captain, like that's how much respect team that Team Canada had for Jonathan Taves. Yeah, and that that was an all star team, right? No, I mean it was and it was great to see all the guys come back and congratulate him. Um, you know, unfortunately, in in Jonathan Taves's latter years, it hasn't gone the way that he had mapped it out. He's thirty three years old now, I believe. Um, he's shown a lot of mileage and, um, you know, he took the entire season off last year for illness related reasons, COVID related reasons. There are rumors all over about what was going on with him. Um, some really poor rumors actually that I'm glad no one ran with. Um, and to that end, I mean, I, I, his best days are behind him. That much is clear, regardless of what he says in an interview saying, I still feel like I'm about to, you know, I, there was that interview where he said, I feel like I can play the best hockey of my career still. That's what my heart is telling me. Uh, his best days are behind him. He's a $10.5 million cap hit. He hasn't had a great year hockey-wise or publicly, uh, for that matter. Uh, his interviews, he's been disenchanted. His, some of his comments about Stan Bowman were not very well received uh, following the scandal that rocked the Blackhawks. So, Shawnee, riddle me this, man. Jonathan Taves has 10.5 after this year, $10.5 million cap hit left. What's to become of him uh, with the Blackhawks and in his future? So I think uh, next season, Jonathan Taves is going to finish out his contract. I I don't think there's any scenario where 
um, the Blackhawks can trade him for anything of value. And I, I don't think he'd, I, he's got the no movement clause on with Kane. I don't think he wants to go, but I think after his contract expires, I think he will look at free agency. I think he's going to explore, at least talk to other teams, consider his options about playing someplace else. Um, like you said, some of the disenchanted comments, he'd made a comment, um, after Brandon Hagel was traded that yeah, like, um, I don't know. I don't understand. Like he's a good player. I guess that means anyone can be traded something to that effect. Mm-hmm. And that to me was a total, uh, lack of understanding of where the franchise is right now. Um, if, if Jonathan Taves wants to, he wanted, they wanted to hold on to past glory for far too long. Um, yeah. The guys on Puck Soup said it like they should have rebuilt the three years post cup as opposed to three years past that. So we're, we're what, five years past and now we're starting to rebuild. So Taves has got to take stock of what does he want to do? Does he yep. want to finish his career as a Blackhawk or does he want to try to go win someplace else? Mm-hmm. And ultimately, I don't think the market's going to be that great for him out there. I mean, like it'll, you said, it'll be three- low. Yeah. Yeah. Now, now, to, you, to your point, I mean, I, I think so when his contract's up, he's 34 or 35. I can't remember what it is. Um, you know, he's I I don't know how many more times he will enter concussion protocol next right. year. There's that. I mean, I don't you know, he's he's taken a beating because of how hard he plays. And, you know, while we all appreciate that, love the guy, um, you know, I but he also seems like he has a kind of personality that would prefer to burn out then then walk away so i i I think you're right i i don't think you know the blackhawks will have two players that that are big marketable names that people are going to say are they going to trade or not jonathan taves and patrick um you might be able to both of which if you try to move one of them or they agree to be moved you're going to have to eat hefty salary which i believe you can only do for two players in one year right yeah um and so the market for Taves, even eating the salary, I think is going to be difficult to trade. Yeah. So, so to your point, he will pl- pro- most likely play out the rest of his contract. Correct. Uh, yep. And if not, and even if there are callers, he has to want to be traded. Right. Um, there's that too. He's earned that right. And he's also, you know, it's baked into his contract. Um, so I, I think there might be, you know, at the end of the 2023 season, 2022, 2023 season, if there are those, you know, who who are out there who are looking for a third line center for a playoff run and want to just limit the amount of ice time that Jonathan Taves have, and you can get him at two or three million dollars, I don't see that as impossible. Um, not at all. But I a, a lot of it, I we still need to see this play out though, right? Um, because you you can you can say Patrick Kane hasn't shown any signs of slowing down because he hasn't. You can't say that for Jonathan Taves. You can't. No, you and de- he took can. last year off. He's taken a beating this year. Can he? Can his body take another full year of hockey and then still be a marketable asset? Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't, I don't know if there are those around him that are just saying, "Johnny, hey, you're going to the Hall of Fame. You got three cups. You got a Conn Smythe. You got a Messier Award. You know, you got how many gold medals?" Right. Yeah. Your international career, world juniors in the Olympics is well decorated. You know, is it, is it time to start thinking about 
the second half of your life and your health. Right. What are you going to do post hockey or are you going to go for the league work for, I mean, like these stars, they can like work for the Chris Pronger work for the league office. Like after his playing days were over, like there, there's still places and things that you can be involved with the game, just not playing. Right. Or maybe maybe he works front office or something like that. I don't know, but for, for Johnny's sake, I hope he really considers all of it because yeah. I uh, we were talking about it um, pre-podcast here about Steve Michael McMichael and just yeah. how how what happened to him post-playing, like the toll that it took on him. I don't want to see Johnny like that. No. Like it, it's sad to see your heroes and stuff end up like that. Like right. you know that their their bodies have paid a tremendous price for what they've done. Brent Seabrook, for instance, paid a tremendous price for the amount of times he just told his body, "No, I'm not going to heal. We're right. just going to fight through this." And now he can't play anymore. He's probably going to have like hip issues. Probably going to need multiple surgeries and stuff like that. And I don't want that to happen to Johnny. So no, hopefully, yeah, there's I do think so. Go ahead. Yeah. When he tests free agency, he's going to see that there's not really a market for him. And I think he re-signs with the Blackhawks for like a one or two year deal, does his victory lap and then retires. Yeah. That's what I think. I mean, if they're, if they're still rebuilding, the Blackhawks will be rebuilding for a few years. Right. So at the end of his contract, yeah, they will still be rebuilding. And I mean, if he wanted to come back on the cheap, I'm sure there'd be a, a spot for him. Yeah. He's um, still a marketable asset. He's still marketable fan base right i mean he'll, he he's taking a pay cut regardless that's yeah. happening yeah. um you know we we know that um I, it, it's just it's so hard to to answer the question i mean we pro- we're posing the question on the podcast will jonathan taves retire a blackhawk um and what's so hard to forecast for that because we don't know what next season will look like for him um on or off the ice i am going to go ahead and just say yes um I, i'll say that too and just playing law of averages, um, you know, cause again, I mean, I don't, it, it's just so hard to know if he can hold up for yeah. another year of hockey after 2023 and he will be a Blackhawk for the entire season next season. Um, you know, unless they exercise some sort of buyout, I don't even know the mechanics behind that and then let them walk. They, they can't do that. Um, no, I, buying them out, I think hurts them just in terms of, carrying over the cap hit and especially if you want to move other player players and retain their cap hits you don't want the extra um buyout the buyout's confusing yeah it can be so yeah well i mean we're all rooting for taves i mean i hey i would it would be awesome if he came back next year and had a lights out year and started fresh and started healthy and it's like oh my gosh all of a sudden you know, Taves has more ammo and he's got a 20 plus goal season. And then all of a sudden he can go somewhere and someone looking for someone to, I mean, you're going to need centers in the playoffs to win faceoffs and to play defensive hockey. And he can do that. He right. can, he can do that. I mean, there, there will be a team if he's healthy that could sign him and say, yeah, we want you to play a, a penalty killing role and a third line role. And that's it. You know, unlike these last few years in Chicago where it's still do everything, Johnny. Right. Um, you know, and, so. And as yeah. we saw, well, I saw firsthand uh, a couple Mondays ago, he can still, every once in a while, he can still push father time back 
and go right. and take the puck to the net and make a great yeah, that was score. Awesome. I, I was behind that net that when he scored. Oh, were you really? Yeah, that's where my seats were, 117. So yeah, that's amazing. So it, if a team was looking for, like you said, like a third-line defensive center who occasionally could chip in some offense, that, then Jonathan Taves is your guy. Yep. And if they shelter him and don't play him, don't play him, what, 17 minutes a night, maybe he only plays 15 minutes or you, you cut his ice time down and you don't have him on the PK or the PP. Like you could preserve him more because, like you said, the Blackhawks expect him to do everything, power play, kill penalties, stuff like that. He, he's, yeah. he's overexposed. Yeah, no, I agree. I agree. Well, we shall see. Time will tell. So the other big topic, uh, you know, that we want to touch base on right now is Patrick Kane, number 88. Fan favorite, awesome hockey player, legend. Might go down as the best American-born player of all time. So Enzo says he is right now. You know, Ed Olchek will just be he just right out of the gates. Yeah, this is the best American-born player we've ever seen. And no, folks, I don't want to hear Brett Hull. Okay, I said American-born. Brett Hall was born in Canada. Remember the criteria, American-born. Brett Hall's a dual citizen. He decided to play his international hockey for the USA. Yes, best American-born. Let's just be clear on that. Because every time you say American-born, someone brings up Brett Hall. I bring up, I think Mike Madonna. Yeah, Madonna's still in there. I mean, he still could be the top. Yeah, right that's now. who I think. Michigan native. Um, Michigan native. Played in a more point-producing era during his heyday. Uh, in the early 90s where there were multiple 100-point scores. Um, you know, and we can do stats on the two of them. I, You know, I think Madonna is still probably 100-plus points ahead of Kane in the race for the all-time American-born point list, I would imagine. Um, that said, Kaner has an MVP. Kaner right. has a Conner-Smythe. Conner has, Kaner has three cups. Madonna um, has none of those. Yeah, he's got one cup. Um, oh, that's right. My bad. 99, but he, but he doesn't have, you know, those individual accolades. Uh, there was no time in hockey where someone said Mike Madonna was the best player in the NHL this season. Never happened. True. Um, uh, but those arguments aside, Patrick Kane is probably, okay. So going into this off season, there were rumblings before the deadline. Is this actually possible? Could Patrick Kane be moved? Yeah. So number teams one checked in teams checked in and I would too. I would too, uh, because, you know, I, I think if if he and Kyle Davidson sit down this summer and KD says to him, Patrick, we're about to rebuild, what do you want to do? Like, if you want me to try to move you, I can move you. If you want to play out this season and test free agency, fine. You'll always have a home here. We'll work it out if you want to. That's how I would imagine the conversation going. Uh, the big question is, I, I think Kyle Davidson was also right not to have this conversation around the trade deadline with Kane, because if you're a GM, I think the market for Kane, the return on him will be much bigger leading up to the draft than it would be at the deadline. Yeah. Um, so Sean, does Patrick Kane get dealt this off season? Now he only, if he wants to, it's up to him, no movement clause. Does he get dealt? What are some scenarios? What do you got? I think it's it's a 60-40. I think it's 60-40 he gets okay. dealt. So okay. 60 he gets dealt. And I think the reason I, the reason I keep it at 40% as he stays is because everyone 
a lot of people have made reference to in the media and beat reporters that he he really values his legacy as a member of the Chicago Blackhawks and he wants to achieve all those records, be like the all-time points leader, uh, be the best American you know player, like you said, and do that all in one uniform. Some likely yeah. trade scenarios, though. I think if if Kyle Davidson was going to trade him, the obvious scenario is the Buffalo Sabers. In my opinion, the Buffalo oh. Sa- the the Buffalo Sabers have three first round picks coming up this year in twenty twenty two. They have theirs. They have conditional pick. If the pick is in the top ten, they'll exchange it with Florida. But if not, they get their first round pick, and then they have Vegas's first round pick if in the top 10. So they have the potential for three first round picks. They have two, they have three second round picks in 2023 and Buffalo's, I mean, they played Buffalo when I was there and Buffalo, despite the record, I think they're a team building towards something. They got Alex Tuck when they traded Jack Eichel, who Tuck is a pretty good player. Um, uh, uh, Rasmus, uh, I can't print it. Dal, Dal, I'm going to butcher his name. Their defensive <laughs> Rasmus. Dalene. He, Dalene. He's like, yeah. everyone has talked about how his defensive game, he's become more of a, like a shutdown defenseman as opposed to just like a points producer. Yeah. And they've got, they're a young team on the rise. Um, yeah. But are they, are they win now? Two, two questions though. Are they win now? Which I'd imagine if 88 is going to wave, he wants to win now. And secondly, would would Patrick Kane really wave to go to Buffalo after 2015 and everything that happened that summer in his hometown and being falsely accused of sexual assault? Yeah, and I, and I don't know. Only he knows if he has a bitter taste in his mouth of that city after that whole thing. But but I but, mean, I mean it, that that was wild. It, it's it's home, right? Like he grew up a Buffalo kid. He'd be the yeah. prodigal son returning. He'd be the big draw. The team is that like if they get a. Like Craig Anderson said, he this is the most excited he's been coming to the rink in years. He loves coming to the rink. This young defense, all these guys are building towards something. Like they've got a young team. I think Kane puts them in. They'll be like people say they'll be better next year. Um, sure, Marazic and Elliot Friedman or Merrick and Elliot Friedman say they'll be better. They won't be a playoff team, but they'll be better. Maybe Kane elevates them to a playoff team. That's one scenario I think of. I also think the New Jersey Devils are a possible landing spot for him. They're going to have P.K. Subban's $9 million coming off the books. If the Hawks retain half of um, Kane's salary, that's $5.25 million, So they can easily fit him in. They've got um, – obviously they went out and got Dougie Hamilton – they could trade some assets to give the Hawks. Uh, they don't have any additional picks like the Sabres do, but they have a young uh, core there that could be on the rise. So that's the, my scenario. My two scenarios are out yeah. east with teams that are looking to be on the rise. Because like everyone okay. said, Kane's game, theoretically, he's such a like, stout strong player and his game really hasn't trailed off. So if they're like a year or two away, let's say they get Kane for this year and then Kane resigns there. And then maybe by when he maybe starts to tail off a little bit, they're in the playoffs. That's my thought process on it. Obviously I've thought about the Rangers too, but I don't think they can make it work. 
Yeah, I so I'm I you're you're on the rise methodology like that like that thinking. I'll go a different route. I'll go the win now mode and um and I'll stick to the East too. And I am gonna go with the New York Rangers. Um, it will be tough for them to make it work. And the other thing that the Hawks need to be careful about is what they ask for in return. They're probably gonna have to eat twenty five to fifty percent of Patrick Kane's remaining ten point five million dollar salary, which is north of five million dollars. But then the return, a lot of people are saying that the Rangers are disenchanted so far with Lafreniere, which is possible. They're not seeing that as a first overall pick, he might not be where he is now. We have talked in previous podcasts about let's not just pick up former first-round picks if they're not working out. Right. However, Reichel, Lafreniere, Doc, I can kind of see that happening. You could still get a first-round pick from the Rangers. You can get a conditional first-round pick for the following year. I, I don't think you should make any move without asking for at least a first and a conditional first as well um, to anybody. Would, yeah. To anybody, um, especially think, after you just got for Hagel. Exactly. Um, I, I think you're asking for, you're asking for at least two first rounders, a second rounder, maybe a prospect, especially yeah. if they think, if they think Kane can sign long-term because I think if you trade him, correct me if I'm wrong, maybe I'm wrong. If they trade him, I think then they can start negotiating an extension right away with him, the right team off. that right because because yeah. he's on the last year of his deal, and so you can start negotiating right away. So then the other team I'm going to go with in this trade scenario is the Boston Bruins, and here's why: Brown the Boston, Boston Bruins. But <laughs> the Boston, obviously, I, I live out here, so it's so I've been thinking about this a lot, and I probably follow the Bruins just as much as I follow the Blackhawks. The Boston Bruins are going to need to find a way. They need to re-sign Patrice Bergeron, and they will. He'll come back. Bergeron will come back. I have no doubts. He's a UFA this summer. Despite Jake DeBrusque's trade requests, they just signed him to a two-year extension. But he's cap-controlled now, and so now he's more tradable than he was as an RFA because now you don't need to renegotiate with him. The Bruins, if they are a first-round exit, this year or a second round exit this year, which is possible. I think they're as dangerous as anybody in the East. The East is anyone in the East could come out of there. I think the East is everyone's known who the eight playoff teams are going to be. Yeah, the, for months. the East is set. Yeah. That's yeah. Just and and other, other than, other than maybe the Washington capitals, if someone said any of these seven are coming out of the East, I'd be like, I would be like, yeah, that might happen. Um, I would like Tampa not to come out of the East. So we can I get think a higher Tampa, draft pick. You know, Tampa's the one Tampa looks tired. I think Tampa yeah. looks really tired and sure Vasilevsky could steal it. Um, but at the same time, I mean, they, they look from just an erratic COVID schedule and back-to-back cups. They look exhausted right now. They just don't, they don't yeah. quite like themselves. Um, but I'm, I'm going with Boston because it's Jake DeBrus could be in that package could be a good piece for rebuilding. Fabian Lysel, their 2021 first round pick. You ask for him. Yes, for DeBrusque. Yes, for him. You retain a little salary. You ask for their first round pick in 2023. And you ask for their first round pick or a conditional first round pick in 2024. That should be enough. I've mentioned this to some of my Boston buddies for Patrick Kane, and they've gone, that's it? Like, that's all you'd want? So maybe there's more there if yeah. they did. But Boston is bringing back, you know, they're going to bring back Bergeron. Yeah. Marshawn's getting older. He's still dynamic. Um, still a meatball too. Still a meatball. Pasternak's still a great offensive player. Yeah. Coyle's still in the mix. They've got McAvoy, who's great. 
they just committed more money in that trade to Lindholm when they got him from Anaheim. Eight if years. They, exactly. Yeah. Swayman seems like a number one goalie. If they are bounced in the playoffs this year and and don't win a Stanley Cup for that matter, Don Sweeney needs to make a decision with his aging core. Are we going for this or not? Right. And so Patrick Kane on a line and that offense and that power play with anybody lights up. Yeah. I, I honestly, if they made that move and they figured that out, I think the Bruins win one or two cups maybe. Do you think, though, because the East is so stacked, maybe Sweeney – because think about it. Pittsburgh's still hanging around, right? Still hanging. They're getting older, but they're still hanging around. Gunsel, Gunsel, Malkin, and Crosby still big formative top three. Uh, The Caps, like you said, are probably – they, what, got more one or two more runs in them. And Tampa, like like they're in total win now. Like they're going to be like the Blackhawks are now. Once their run ends, because they're yeah. they're bankrupt, they're going for broke by trading all their first round picks. Sure. So I don't know. It'll be interesting to see what Sweeney does. I like Don Sweeney's made some really savvy moves since he's taken over in Boston. Yeah. He had to clean yeah. up that mess that Peter Shirelli left him. So and he's right. able to keep them competitive and in it. So I that'd be a huge move for the Boston Bruins. Like if they got him, like. Yeah. The, the odds makers and everything shifts towards Boston as being the perennial favorite to win the Stanley cup. And then yeah. if Kane moves, is that like a big shift in the arms race? Cause I mean, we saw the arms race this past trade deadline when Claude Giroux went to Florida oh, yeah. and like everybody in the, literally everybody in the East loaded up with players. So yeah. well, no, yeah, I mean, it's, it's one of those like Flor- Florida is going to be around. The Panthers are going to be around for a little while. Yeah. The Hurricanes are going to be very competitive for a little while. Yeah. You know, and Boston needs to make that decision. Right. Um, The Rangers are going to get get better. Yeah. And so Boston is is the perennial successful organization of playoff appearances. And they probably should have more cups than just the 2011. Now, the Blackhawks were the better team in 2013. Yeah. They were. And Boston people will tell you that. Uh, should they have beaten the Blues? Maybe. Yeah. Maybe. Um, in 2019. And then, I don't know, you just mentioned the Pittsburgh Penguins. Would it be nuts if they made a run for Kane and in, in the golden years of Crosby, Malkin, they added Patrick Kane? I mean, that'd be crazy because they just added, didn't they just add, uh, they added Ricard Raquel at the deadline. Yeah. Right. Like, and that's and they just killed- a guy. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But yeah. then adding Kane, like, do you then you Kane, Malkin, and another wing on that line are like just craziness. Yeah. Like, that's just absurdity. But, but again, all these are just dream scenarios. It all depends on what Kane wants to do. And it could, yeah, it could be a very easy conversation. Kyle Davidson can be like, what do you want to do? And he could just be like, I'm a Blackhawk for life, figure it out. And, and that's that. And Davidson, I mean, Davidson could be okay with that too. Like, yeah. uh, da- or, he can, I, I, or, yeah. or Kane could really, you know, throw something in there that would, Ooh, boy, would it sting if he was just like, I'm going to play out my contract and then test leave. The yeah. Leave for nothing. And you can't trade me even if you want to. Here's another interesting thing that I thought of Kane and Taves both have the same agent. So they've got to be, 
yeah. Davidson's kind of kind of be delicate in which because I mean they both got the same contracts. Like they both yeah. got the same contract, their first deal and the and the long deal they're on now. So right. they've kind of got to be delicate in how they handle because if you aggravate let's say you aggravate Taze in the process, does that affect right. what Kane does? I don't know. I mean, I don't, you know, they've been together for so long. I don't even know how tight they are, though. You know, I mean, it's, you know, they've been teammates, yeah, I, forever, but they're they're not line mates anymore. You know, they just kind of. I, I, I think I read uh, the article about uh, Mark Lazarus article on Jonathan Taves. Which, great read. Great yes, read. If you haven't read it on The Athletic, Mark great. Lazarus article on Jonathan Taves was spectacular. And no. uh, we, we at the rink are, um, we have a love-hate relationship with Mark Lazarus's pieces, so. Um, and that's full, full, credit, full, full marks, full marks, full marks. And wonderful article. I think he, in the article, he mentioned that like Kane and Taves were like an old married couple on the line, just barking at each other the whole time, whenever they played yeah. together. So there might still be, they might still have, you know, like a good working relationship with each other. I don't know. I mean, I'm sure it's fine. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm sure it's fine. I, uh, you know, so, and I, yeah, it should be interesting to see what happens to Patrick Kane. It, it if he left as a free agent for nothing and walked out the door, um, that would be tough. Yes. Uh, I mean, I guess the only positive off of that is you have him off the books while you're rebuilding, you know, so you but, don't have another bulky contract, but um, yeah. Yeah. I, I, I do like with both of these players and, and fans, this should make you feel easier about this. If any of these guys, are no longer in Blackhawk uniforms at any given point in time. Take solace in the fact that it is their choice. Right. And it's not management's choice. Yeah. It is not. If if people want to hang Kyle Davidson out to dry if he trades Patrick Kane or if he somehow is able to find a way to trade Jonathan Taves, fans, remember, it was their choice. It was up to them whether or not they wanted to be traded. Right. So, Duncan um, Keith asked to leave and Davidson made them or they right. made the move and got him out of town. And fine, go. He said, I need, I want to be closer to my son. I want to be closer to home. Yep. I get it. Um, now Kane loves Chicago. Loves it. His, he has his nothing left was, to prove. Yeah. Um, no. His son's born okay. here, his wife or his yeah. family. Like this is home to him. He grew yeah, up I, here. Exactly. And I mean, I, three cups, MVP, Art Ross, Con Smythe, Hall of Famer. Gonna, Nothing he's gonna, but gonna have a statue it, next to Jordan in the whatever that's called at the United Center. Yep. But it's one of those like, do you yeah, I mean, I I I will go ahead and say right now, I think Patrick Kane is gonna go down as the best Chicago Blackhawk of all time. I 100 percent agree. Yeah, and, and I understand the arguments against that. Um, you know, whether you're a Hull or Makita, d- despite you know, the Bobby Hull's very checkered past as a person. Yeah. Uh, strong argument for Makita playing 21 years as a Blackhawk. Yeah. Argument for Dennis Savard, I, I guess. But um, I, I think Kane's got it. Um, now, that I, I guess the yeah it, it, the question with Patrick Kane is like, does he does he care enough about winning again? I mean, right. I mean, this has got to be getting really old for him. For sure. All terrible teams he's been on lately. Yeah, and I guess another thing would be too like. When him and Kyle Davidson sit down, does he believe in Kyle Davidson's vision is another yeah. thing. Like, does he believe that Davidson's the right guy? Because if 
if he thinks Davidson's not the right guy, then he needs to get out, whether it's right, he right. plays out his contract or leaves. But if he has some sort of optimism or something that, I mean, if Peter Shirelli was the one talking to him, I'd be out the door. On. But on. Um, like I, I mean, said earlier, optimism that Cal Davidson's shown, um, I know on, I think it was on Puck Soup, they talked about how Davidson spoke at the GM meetings and rookie GMs, it's like an unwritten rule that rookie GMs are not supposed to speak at their first GM meeting. And he did it anyways, mm-hmm. because he wanted to, he's one of the 32 general managers in the league yeah, and they, yeah. they decide what their league's going to be about. So he had enough foresight maybe to, I don't know what he said. I mean, that's obviously like a state secret, but just, (laughs) um, you know, what he said. And I don't know. It's going to be like. Yeah. I mean, the the other thing to your your point about his vision and if he believes in Kyle Davidson, I don't think it's unrealistic for Patrick Kane to still be producing at a relatively high level three or four years from now. Right. Could be. Yeah. We see guys play into their young 40s now. Will he tail off a little bit at some point? Probably. But I mean, it's like if the Hawks are able to figure this out, he takes a pay cut and in three or four years, they're ultra competitive again. Could he be part of that mix? It's not impossible. No. I, I mean, if they if they hit, they have they have two second round picks this year. They have two first round picks next year and the year yeah. after. So right. like that's four potential top tier guys in your because the Hawks aren't going to be good. So their right. first pick is going to be relatively high. Well, let's not got, forget if, if the wild make it to the conference finals this year. Right. Um, the Mark. Yeah. Becomes a, a first round pick. So yeah. if you could, all you got to do is hit on those picks and then just right. develop those guys along. I mean, look at, I, I make the argument everybody keeps like bashing Davidson that he doesn't know that he's not going to be able to draft well and the Hawks haven't drafted well and so on and so forth. We don't know. He's never drafted before. He's never been the guy calling the shots. How many people said Steve Eiserman didn't know what he was doing? He was no, just a great player before before he took over in Tampa. Yeah, and I mean we have no idea if he can draft or what scouting's going to be doing or right. we'll find we, out. We literally have no idea. Like what we've seen this far, um, for me personally, I'm optimistic. I mean, trading Brandon Hagel took a bunch of it took a bunch of guts. It took a oh, but man. He, and I that's mean, gonna. I I think that's. <laughs> it's hard to. It's too early to maybe say who won that trade, but my money's on the Blackhawks on that. Yeah, one. because even if they win a cup, I mean, he he's not. He might not even be a twenty goal guy in right. Tampa. Right. He was literally they 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 wanted him to be the equivalent of what Blake Coleman was for him a couple right. years ago. Then they had to pay he's Blake not gonna have he's not gonna have those power play opportunities down there. You no. know, there's there's he's not gonna have the minutes. He's not I mean, gonna he be on the same line with Patrick Kane or or Steven oh, Stamkos or yeah. Kucherov. So right. yeah, yeah, like if they can and like Eric Andrews has said on this podcast multiple times, if you can't find a guy in the end of the first round that equals the talent level of Brandon Hagel, then you're not doing your job right. Yeah, right. I mean, all those people that are just like, oh, it's just a late first-round pick is just another Brandon Hagel. Nonsense. 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 Brandon, Hag- Brandon Hagel was a sixth-round pick that didn't get signed. Everybody no, keeps forgetting and you got And you got to get in the game. You got to get lottery chips. You, you right. got to you gotta play the lottery every now and then. So Right. Uh, Everybody's like, oh, you need to make – or people are like, oh, you need to make hockey trades. 
that like so we talking about Boston. Oh, yeah. we talking about Boston, right? Right. Um, DeBrusk was drafted. Um, yep. uh, all their core guys that they have were all drafted by them. They just they just stayed. Crosby and yep. Malkin were both drafted by Pittsburgh. They just had the longevity. Like yep. Kane and Taves were drafted by the Blackhawks. You don't find guys that carry your franchise for years and years and years and yep. making a trade. No, you find them in the draft. Yep. And you got to get lucky. I mean, you, I, you know, they Dale Talon, when he drafted those two, we're still talking about them. You know, they were fir- first round draft picks. They were top five picks, Kane and Taves in 2006 and, two, and 2007, respectively. It's 2022 and we're still talking about these guys. Right. Uh, and that's we're very fortunate. Lucky. Yeah, we are. Uh, to have Imagine that kind of run. If they would have taken James Van Reemsdyke instead of Kane. Yeah. And he, at the time he, I was actually pulling for that. Right. He was the consensus yeah. number one. Like everybody thought Van Reemsdyke would be bigger guy, college hockey player, yeah, et cetera. Yeah. Yeah. So good stuff tonight, Sean. Um any parting words of wisdom, well, thoughts? What's it? What's your what's your take on the Frozen Four? You're going so yeah, uh, Frozen Four. Let's talk about um, a little college, a little college. Yeah, Michigan's, yeah, Michigan's been a little shaky. Uh, that Quinnipiac game when they were up four nothing, and then Quinnipiac caught them, made it four to three, and then they pulled their goalie with four minutes to go when they yeah. had Michigan on the ropes, which is a really interesting call. Michigan got an empty netter right away, and then the game kind of got wacky after that and ended seven to four. Um, playing a really good Denver team out of maybe the best conference in college hockey. Um, so that game can go either way. Minnesota state was number one wire to wire until the last two weeks of the season when Michigan got that overall number one seed, you know, Minnesota state has a lot of older hockey players too. uh, grown men, guys that played a couple years of juniors before jumping on board. So, I mean, you know, their, their players are 23 years old, their best players. Um, you know, and then Michigan's best players are the younger, the 18, 19, maybe 20s. Right. Um, and that does make a difference, can make a difference. They're also playing University of Minnesota, who's had a hell of a year in the Big Ten, who's given Michigan a lot of fits. Yeah, uh, they, Michigan and Minnesota played in the Big Ten championship game. Yeah. So I, I am going to go, though, I am going to go with University of Michigan against Minnesota State. I'm going to go with my head and not my heart. I think it's going to be Minnesota State beating Michigan with suffocating D and great goaltending in the final. They're going to win that game two to one. They're going to get two early goals. Michigan's going to battle back. They're going to weather the storms. Minnesota State will walk out of there with their first national championship. Now, do I want that to happen? No. I want blue all the way. Let's go, Michigan. Um, But it's also, I think Michigan's just had such an interesting season with all their guys going to World Juniors and then the Olympics. Right. They really haven't played together as a team. No, they haven't. So they've kind of been all over the place. So it's, you know, so it'll be interesting to see. They'll have their hands full with Denver. They will. And I think I think this is going to be a very good frozen four. But I'm going to go Michigan, Minnesota State, Minnesota State edging them 2-1. In the okay. I, I, I don't know as much about the frozen four. I've listened to Chris Peters' podcast a couple times recently trying to educate myself. But it's uh, – uh, his prediction, I'll just give Peters his prediction, was Minnesota, Michigan, and he had Michigan winning it. So it. that's the prediction it. I'll go with. I'll go with all Big Michigan. Ten final. I'll go a Big Ten rematch, and I will go with uh, Michigan, Minnesota, and then I hope right. the Black Blackhawks sign um, the forward from Minnesota, who is an undrafted free agent, and get him into the fold. Love it. 
All right. I would love I like that. It. I like yeah. it. Well, awesome. Well, thank you very much, folks, for joining me and, and Sean tonight. Yeah. He's hanging out. Always a good time to catch up, Shawnee. It is. And, it really um, is. Yeah. We're going to do this again soon. We'll talk about the, the Frozen Four next week. And we are going to do a deep dive on my buddy, Dylan Strong, and his future in Chicago. And a lot yeah. of people... A lot of people all over the Twitter universe saying, sign him long-term, he's a fit, blah, blah, blah. Well, He's we'll going to get paid, whoever does. 20 goals, career high. He might. Restricted free, restricted free agent, though. The Hawks have all the cards on this one. They can do yeah, whatever they Yeah, could they move want. his rights. But, yeah, they I'm excited. Yeah. Will there I'll be a taker? Will there be a strong suitor for his rights? That's the question. I'll so we're going to get into that. We can bat that around for quite a while. That'll be Oh, yeah. I'll get, I'll, I'm going to get my homework yeah. done on my Dylan's drone. Awesome. And we're going to we're going to take a closer look at Lucas Reichel and, and dip into the prospect pool a little bit further. Lucas Reichel's been called back up the 2020 first round pick of the Blackhawks, um, who's had a really good season in Rockford. He's had yeah. a great season in Rockford and he's been in the right place. Thank you, Kyle Davidson, for leaving yes. him down there and letting him develop. Let's see what the kid can do. I really hope he gets his first goal. Um, yeah, at some point. I would like that. They, yeah, I think they've, they've got some skill there. And um, and I still think there's a. There's a future for Reichel within the organization. So, and then maybe look, maybe talk about Alex Vlasic. Like, hopefully, Vlasic plays. Will be fun. Yeah, we'll get into Ho- him. We'll get into Hopefully, we'll he get plays into, a little bit more. Hopefully, he plays then. more. We'll get into Regula. Uh, Regula Alex Regula. Guy. Regula, 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 a product of the Cranbrook School, um, who I think is great. You've been high on him for a, a couple of years now. Yeah. So we'll, we'll dip into the prospects because, folks, we're going to be seeing a lot more of these kids next year. That's for sure. That's for sure. So, um, until we meet again, I'm Andy Campbell. Johnny, Johnny great to see you. Good to see you, too. Good to see you both. Take care, folks. Have a great night. Go Hawks. You, too. Go Hawks.